Hi everyone, what is Mashiach? Every time the word Mashiach comes up, it's like some controversial statement. Everyone has their opinions. So often when Mashiach comes up, people are like, oh, I don't know if I want that. I don't know. It just seems like, but I like my house. Do I have to move? Do I still have my job when Mashiach comes? Like, what is Mashiach? I know I'm meant to believe it, but like, do we actually believe it's going to happen? So many different thoughts and comments and questions and controversy comes up when the word Mashiach comes up. But if you think about it, it's literally one of the 13 principles of our faith that the Rambam brings. I believe in perfect faith in Mashiach's coming. On the last days of Pesach, we celebrate the last meal as Pesach ends. It's, called the, it's a custom to have a Mashiach Surah. A meal commemorating Mashiach. Sort of like, just like 3,335 years ago when the Jewish people crossed the sea, which is what happened on the last days of Pesach, and achieved freedom, we are also getting ready for ultimate redemption through having this Mashiach Surah. But what is Mashiach? I know when I we did a camp once, and Dina Khan asked me, she was like, okay, so let's do the theme of the camp, Mashiach. And I think I was like 20. And I was like, ooh, I've been saying I want Mashiach or I'm sure other people have other experiences of like not really being familiar with the concept of Mashiach at all and thinking to yourself like, what is this thing? And how do I make it something real? How do I make it sound not crazy? How do I make it sound something that can actually palatable and something I'm actually excited for? So the best way to learn about what is Mashiach is to open up our only halachic source on Mashiach, which is the Rambam, the last two chapters of Sefer Malachim, literally the ends, ends, ends of the Rambam. The Rambam writes about what is Mashiach. The Rambam, who was born in 1138 in Cordoba, Spain, was revolutionary in the fact that he took the entire Torah, even things that don't seemingly seem relevant to us in Galut, talks about things like Karbanot, sacrifice, things they did in the temple, and as well as the concept of Mashiach, and codified it into Halachic Code of 14 volumes. Within the last volume, there are 12 volumes, and in the last two chapters, we discuss Mashiach. In chapter 11, we speak about Mashiach as a person, maybe something we can discuss another day. And in Parakir Base, in chapter 12, we talk about Mashiach Geula as an error. And the, and the first words that the Rambam opens up this chapter with is that when Mashiach comes, do not worry. When we talk about the lamb and the wolf, it's all mashalim, it's all parables. Because, he says in the first paragraph, Olam kiminhago noheg. The world is going to go in the way that's usually accustomed. Mashiach is the way the world is, is meant to be. The way the world actually is. So what does that mean, that the way the world actually is? I'm going to start off by talking about first the spiritual reason of what is Mashiach, and then physically. How do we see practically what Mashiach looks like? I'm going to open up with a story. One of my favorite stories, the story I heard when I was 15, I was working at a gala dinner in North Shore. And if you know me, you've definitely heard the story before because my favorite story. And it's a story about a man named Mr. Kibby Burner who happens to later be my friend's dad, but I didn't know that when I was 15. 
And he said this story that changed my life. This little 15-year-old giving out raffle tickets. And I was, I had this hook, I had the merit to hear this beautiful story. And the way he said it, it etched in my memory. So Mr. Kimmy Bernard is a public speaker. He's a keynote speaker. He speaks for big conferences. He speaks for Google. He speaks for Apple. And before he goes to speak at these conferences, he often meets and chats with the CEO to get a vibe. On one such one of these conferences, it was in Japan. And before he goes to do the conference, to do the speech, he goes to meet the CEO. The CEO lives in a huge, his office in a huge skyscraper in Japan, hundreds of um, floors. And he gets into the building, he gets into this fancy lift up to the 117th floor. And the doors open into this most magnificent build, magnificent office you've ever seen in your entire life. There's chandeliers, there's white plush couches, it's modern, it's beautiful. And in the corner of the room, there is a painting. And this painting has thick glass surrounding it. This painting is a priceless painting. There are security cameras, there's a security guard standing next to the painting. And before he starts the meeting, the CEO says, Mr. Kivy, what's the worst thing you can do to this painting? He first asked him, how much do you think this painting is worth? And Mr. Kivy gave out a number in the millions. And he said, that's just the insurance of the painting. In the corner of this painting, there's a little scribble, Picasso. It's an original Picasso painting worth millions of dollars. So the CEO says, Mr. Kivy, I want to ask you a question. What's the worst thing you could do to this painting? So he thinks about it. He's like, okay, the worst thing, the worst thing. He wants to impress him. He said, okay, the worst thing you could do to this painting is take this painting and rip it up into tiny little pieces to the point that you could never put it back together again. Shred the painting. So he thinks he gave a good, ample response. And the CEO looks at him and he says, no, Mr. Kivy, what's the worst thing you could do to this painting? It's like the worst thing. Okay. The worst thing you could do this painting is take this painting and paint your own painting over it. Paint your own beautiful structural over it to the point that you can never scrape it away and see the original painting. So the CEO looks at him and he says, no, Mr. Kibby, what's the worst thing you could do to this painting? So he's like, okay, the worst thing you could do this painting. Okay, the worst thing you could do this painting is take this painting, bury it so, so, so deep underground to the point that no archaeologist can ever come and find it ever again. So he's like sweating. And the CEO looks at him and he says, no, Mr. Kivy, the worst thing you could do to this painting? And he takes out of his pocket a tiny little nail scissor. He says, just cut the name Picasso out of the painting. And this painting is worth nothing. So Mr. Kivy turns to him and says, today you have taught me the most fundamental lesson of Judaism, of my Yiddish guy, my religion. This world is a magnificent painting, trust me. The more you travel, the fish, when you scuba dive, you see the different color fish in the water, the different coral. You see sunrise, sunset, the different countries, people, the complexities within human emotion and human intellect, the amount of knowledge there is in this world. This world is a magnificent billion dollar priceless painting, flowers, leaves, fall, spring, cherry blossom season. But so often, 
we just forget. It's literally worth nothing. We're nihilists, we're existentialists, we overthink about our lives and we say, oh, there's no purpose in this world, there's no inherent meaning. If we don't bring God into this world, it's worth this worth this world is worth nothing. Literally. There's if there's no inherent purpose and meaning to the beautiful sunrise and the sunsets, what's the purpose of being here? But when we recognize Hashem's name in every single thing in this world, think about Gucci. Why do people buy Gucci bags? What's so special about Gucci bags? Literally nothing. They're made in the same factory as any other bag. The quality is just the same as a bag that's worth literally a 40th of the price. Yet people want a Gucci bag. Why do they want a Gucci bag? Because the word Gucci means something. It's prestige. When you have Gucci, people are like, oh, yeah, she's a Gucci bag. It means something. Let me tell you a secret. Our world is a priceless painting. And everything in this world is designer in a way that you could never even think about it on another level. But when we cut Hashem's name out of this world, this world is worth nothing. But if we, are, if we have mindfulness, when we open that orange and we see the beautiful covering that the orange has and we see each little orange, each little piece of the orange is in this beautiful little packet and we say a bracha, we recognize who made this orange? Where did this orange come from? This orange is now a designer. We recognize Hashem in this painting. We recognize Hashem in this orange. So what is Mashiach? Mashiach is the way the world is meant to be. When the Rambab ends the last words of the Mishnah Torah, he says, when Mashiach comes, you won't have a job. Why? Because what will we do? Our entire occupation will be Ladas as Hashem Bovad. All we have to do is to know Hashem. This world is all God. Hasidus tells you, there is not one thing in this world does not have God within it. Yet what do we do? We spend all our lives thinking that the way that the world is right now is normal. Is it normal? That a mother and two daughters were killed the other day in Israel? Is that normal? When people are sick? When people are suffering? Is that normal? But we're, we're always upset. We're always angry. When people are sick, we say to Helen, why? People always die. People are always sick. Bad things are always happening. But yet, when bad things happen, we say to Helen, when bad things are happening in Israel, we get angry. We get upset. We're frustrated. We think, Hashem, why are you doing this? But why? It's normal. I remember, like, when I got old enough to see, like, all the horrible things going on in the world, I was like to my friend's mom, like, is this normal? It's crazy. She's like, you're just old enough now to realize. And it's true. People are always sick. People are always dying. Bad things are always happening. But we get frustrated. We get angry. Why? Because we're not, Gullus is not our MO. We don't get it. We don't understand why bad things are happening. It bothers us. Mashiach doesn't bother us. Gullus bothers us. We can't understand why bad things are happening to us because it's not normal. What is Mashiach? The way the world is meant to be. The world's meant to be a utopia. The world is meant to be a perfect existence. But what's going on right now? There are terrible things going on that frustrates us and makes us angry. Why does it make us angry? 
Because we're not used to it. It's not the way the world is meant to be. It's not the way Hashem created it. Hashem didn't intend for Galas. Hashem intended for the world to be Gola. Hashem intended for everyone to have money. And Hashem intended for everyone to have healthy, happy, good lives. Ask anyone on the street what they want in their life. Everyone wants the same thing. Everyone's happiness, health, wealth, good luck, success. Everyone wants the same thing. Why is Mashiach something that scares us? Think about every movement. Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, um, Me Too movements. Maybe you have to agree with the ideology. But doesn't everyone want the world to be a better place? Isn't that a spark of Mashiach and in every single person? There is not one person in this world that doesn't want Mashiach. There is not one person in this world that doesn't want a perfect existence. When bad things are happening, it bothers us because it's not the way the world actually is. Because what's the truth of this world? The truth is that we want Mashiach. That we want a perfect existence. That's, the, that's our M.O. That's our mode. That's our default mode. Our default world mode is Mashiach. What is this world really? This world is really God. We live within Hashem. But we don't see it. We don't see it. I give a Harry Potter book and I send it to someone on the street. What difference does it make? What is Hashem? What is? We don't see it. We don't see that there's holiness in a skirt that's from Zar that covers your knees. Do we see the godliness in kosher food? We don't see it. We learn about it. And by learning about it, we gain a sensitivity about it to it. Shia comes, we'll see it. In Eretz Yisrael, we'll literally see godliness. Because now we're living in Galo. We're living in Helen. Olam, Melashon Helen. A world from the word concealed. We live in a concealed world. We live in Galo. What is Mashiach? Mashiach is Gaula. Mashiach is lights on. It's like trying to find that black shirt on a Friday night that goes with that specific skirt. You cannot see. You cannot see that black skirt. It's dark. And when you can't see that black skirt, it frustrates you. But if the lights were on, how easy would it be to find that black top? Find it in a second. Mashiach is lights on. There's so much suffering in the world. Why, Hashem? We want Mashiach. Not just I want Mashiach. Everyone wants Mashiach. Instead of, we're not actually scared of Galas. Gaula. We're scared of Galas. I'm not scared of Mashiach. I'm not scared of a perfect existence. The world isn't changing. It's just the way the world's meant to be. I'm scared of the current situation. I'm scared of Galas. Hayinu kachalmet. Galas like a dream. Dreams are chaotic. We live in chaos. What's going on in the world right now is chaotic. What we really want, when we say we want Mashiach now, this Mashiach Surah, let's not just say it. Let's recognize that we actually believed it all along. Wishing you a beautiful, meaningful last two days of Pesach. And may we, in our, this Pesach, we finally see Gola in a way that's revealed, in a way that feels true, in a way that we actually want. May we really have Mashiach now, now, now. Chag Sameach.